Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What is up, everybody? Welcome into this Wednesday episode of Flippin' Bats, where I am joined by the legend himself, Ken Rosenthal, our own MLB on Fox Field reporter. You all know him. You all love him. He's rocking a bow tie. He's down on the field next to Aaron Judge. He's Ken Rosenthal. He's a legend in the game, especially around trade deadline time. Now, I know it's early. We're just under two months away from the trade deadline, but wanted to bring him on. I always bring him on the week of trade deadline, but we're going to start talking about it now. Who's out there? What certain teams are going to do, specifically teams that are in a really good position right now. The Rangers, the Diamondbacks, the Orioles, the Pirates, what they're going to do at the trade deadline. Who's available on the starting pitching side? Who's available on the offensive side? What are the Royals specifically going to do with Aroldis Chapman? And, of course, Shohei Otani. What are the percentage chances that he is actually traded? As well as, what are the chances he's even on the Angels when it comes to, to next season and beyond? We got a lot of good stuff to talk to Ken about. I am pumped for this one. So without further ado, let's welcome in now Ken Rosenthal. He swings and it's a high fly ball, deep center field. It is gone. Home run and a huge bat flip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. All right, and I am pumped to be joined now by the man himself, Ken Rosenthal. Ken, we always do like a, a trade deadline special. This is like a, a pre-preliminary trade deadline special. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Ben. You? I'm doing great. So the first thing I want to ask you is when it comes to the trade deadline, we're just under two months away at this point. And, and the question I, I first want to ask is why do you think some teams take so long to to make these trades and the teams i'm specifically mentioning are teams that we know are going to be in it at the trade deadline but it might be a surprise that they're this good to this point and they definitely have some holes example being the rangers the the pirates the orioles uh the d-backs why do we see them wait until a week before the trade deadline to address the needs that they clearly have there are a couple of reasons for that ben and I think the biggest one is that this sport, like many other businesses, it's deadline driven. And yeah. as you get closer to a deadline, the momentum one way or the other builds. And once the deadline is there, it's like, oh, my God, we've got to do something now. <laughs> Baseball fans another certainly know this, that over the last few years. That's right. Sure. <laughs> and another part of this is that it's so early with four months left in the season, the prices if you want a player at this point, are going to be very high. And in this sport, we know as well, teams hate trading prospects. That gets to be the case more and more every year. So they're going to be reluctant to move. And another aspect of this is if you're the Pirates or the Orioles or any of those teams you just mentioned, for instance, things are going to change over the next two months. Your needs might change. Yeah. So while you could address something right now and pay a premium to do that, 
you might want to hold your chips and then see where you are in late July before making any true determination. So there are a lot of things that kind of go into it. The prices are higher. The reluctance is greater on the part of the buyers. It just kind of doesn't work until we get to late July. Now, you'll occasionally see an early June trade as we are right now, yeah. but it doesn't happen too often. Do you see any of those teams, and I'm not talking the Dodgers of the world that seem to always make a splash, the Yankees, the Astros, the big-time contenders that we see year in and year out, but the other teams, the ones that this year are taking the world by storm and being very exciting and fun to watch, i.e. the Rangers, D-backs, Orioles, those kind of teams. Do you see any of them being big buyers at the trade deadline this year? I do expect the Rangers to go for bullpen. They've invested a ton of money the last two years in their club. They want to see this through. They want to max out, and the bullpen right now is their biggest hole. They're already looking, but again, there's not much going on. The Orioles are perhaps the most interesting team out there to me. And I say that because we thought they would do some bigger things in the offseason, and they didn't. They felt that the prices for free agent starting pitchers were too high. They didn't really want to go there. And yet, here they are. They're one of the best five teams in baseball yeah. as of right now. And you cannot get to the deadline this year and say, mm, we're still not ready. We kind of want – no, no more of that. So they're going to have to do something, in my opinion, for their clubhouse, for their fans, for the whole dynamic of the organization. Now, that said, the problem is, as we look two months out, is that there's a scarcity of quality players that currently look to be available. Now, things can change. They always seem to. But I'm already hearing from a number of general managers, presidents of baseball operations who are saying, I don't know what's out there, man. It's nothing good. So given that, it might be difficult for the Orioles to make a quality trade. At the same time, they have all these infielders, both in the majors and minors. They have the depth to do really almost anything they want to do. And it's going to be really interesting to see how Mike Elias, their general manager, plays this. When it comes to the Orioles, it seems that after last season, everybody except maybe the ownership of the team was excited about this team and realized now is the time. The time is now to buy in and go for it. Everybody in the world thought that, yet they didn't do it. So do we think now when it doesn't involve as much dollars it's more prospects and trading at the trade deadline i mean i don't think you might not know the answer to this because you're not you're not the ownership of the team but do we do we think the organization now believes enough to go all in on this team i mean they're so good and they're so fun to watch they just i mean they could benefit so much from a big arm or a big bat or or any combination of that i'm with you and to me, they need a top-of-the-rotation starter, precisely the kind of player that might not be available yeah. at this deadline. But it's almost a question more for ownership, in yeah. my opinion. I would expect that Mike Elias knows what has to be done here, and he knows he has the prospect capital to make some things happen. But to get players like the kinds we're talking about, it usually costs money as well as prospects. Money in terms of higher salaries, the kinds of guys you'll be acquiring. And I'm not sure where their ownership is. They haven't been in this position in a while. So 
it's kind of difficult to predict, but clearly they shouldn't be doing what they did last year. Now, what they did last year when they traded Mancini and they traded Jorge Lopez, I hated it at the time. A lot of people did. Well, that's how they got Cano. They got Cano yeah. in the Jorge Lopez trade. So they probably weren't ready to win at that time. So you could justify it, even though it had a bad look to it. This year, it's different. This yeah. year, as we discussed, they're one of the better teams in the league. So I know you said you've talked to, to many GMs out there. Nobody knows for sure what's going to be out there or what is out there right now. But let's let's talk about what we do know and what you do know. Who are some potential starting pitching options that are going to be out there? Shane Bieber is one. His stuff is down. His strikeout rate is down. He's not the same pitcher he was in his Cy Young year. He's still effective. He's still a good major league pitcher. Is he a difference maker in the playoffs? I'm not so sure. And executives aren't so sure, more importantly. Mm -hmm. He's one. We've talked about Corbin Burns forever, but how are they going to trade him when they're in the middle of the race, when they traded Josh Hader last year, when they're still without Woodruff and Miley? It doesn't really make much sense to me. It doesn't make sense, Eduardo which means Rod the Brewers might do it, though. You never know. Well, that's true, man. <laughs> Eduardo Rodriguez would have been one, but he's hurt, and we don't know how healthy he'll be before the deadline. Paul Blackburn of the A's is back now. He's certainly someone who could be that guy. But one of the issues here in terms of available players is that the likely sellers, the A's, the Royals, the Nationals, teams like that, they don't really have great starting pitching to trade. Yeah. Now, you could see a scenario develop in several ways, actually, where you're seeing major leaguers traded for major leaguers. Teams have done this in the past at the deadline when there hasn't been a great abundance of talent available. You look to fill needs that way. Those trades are generally more surprising. I'm thinking way back, John Lester for Ioannis Cespedes, right? That was the kind of trade that yeah. really shook up things. And it was a major leaguer, a star major leaguer for another star major leaguer. That might be the kind of thing we have to see because I don't know that classic sell mode teams are going to be that attractive in terms of what they have on the relief side of things you mentioned the royals is Aroldis chapman going to be moved yes in fact i had a team president tell me yesterday the only guy guaranteed to get moved is Aroldis chapman <laughs> i wrote a little bit about him today and right now the royals are telling teams two things if you want him now either overpay that's the way it is. We get four months of control rather than two months. Or you accept him attached to another player, probably Scott Barlow, another reliever on the Royals who's having a good year. And the idea there, again, would be to get a higher return than you would ordinarily get if you're the Royals. I don't know that either of those things is going to happen. I would doubt it. My guess is they hold both until the deadline then maybe trade them separately. What about on the on the offensive side? And this might be even even harder to know, but what are some potential names we might see made available on the offense? Cody Bellinger, if he gets healthy and the Cubs don't feel like they can win the Central. But I should mention one other factor here as we get into this. Both Centrals are so bad that even a team like the White Sox <laughs> is going to think, well, ah, we've got a chance. The Cubs are going to think we've got a chance. Even the Reds, a younger team that isn't really ready to win most likely, but very talented. Just called up Ellie De La coming. Cruz big time. Well, exactly. So these kinds of things alter the trade dynamic too. Now you asked to get to your question, 
which hitters might be available. Well, Brian Reynolds is off the market. He's signed with the Pirates long-term. I mentioned Bellinger. Randall Grichik is another guy who could be available. And we'll see others, too, as teams fall out. But, yep. again, right now, it's not a great group that anyone can foresee being out there. You mentioned, Ken, the, the central divisions and how they are a bit weaker, and even mentioned the White Sox. What are the White Sox? Are do they? What do they do? You're not a GM. You're not ownership. I understand that. But are they like in their minds? Do they tear it all down and admit this didn't work? Or in a very weak AL Central, do they become buyers and try and go for it with a roster that, admittedly, is talented? The latter probably is more likely. And you're right, Van. I'm not a GM. I'm not an owner. But I can read the landscape a little bit. We all can. Jerry Reinsdorf is 87 years old. He's the owner. He just tore it down a few years back. They went through a rebuild. I don't expect that he wants to do that again, especially in a division, as you mentioned, as weak as the central. So I had a GM tell me this week, yeah, when they figure out who they are, maybe they'll make Anderson and Giolito and Steve available. But I'm not so sure they're going to take that course. I would expect that they're going to take a course that takes them to the very end, right up until the trade deadline. And at that point, if they decide, okay, it's just not happening, that's one decision. But it's going to be a difficult call for them to make. It's almost like the Angels. The Angels built this team to win. Remember, they had a pretty busy offseason. Hunter Renfro and Drury and Urshela, Tyler Anderson, all these guys they brought in, they've aggressively promoted prospects to the big leagues this year, starting with Neto and then, of course, a couple of pitchers as well. They don't want to concede. I don't expect they're going to concede. So all of these dynamics are driving this thing, and it's why I don't think you'll see Otani moved, and it's why the White Sox might ultimately stand pat or, as you mentioned, buy. So a couple more for you, and one you just kind of mentioned, um, Shohei Otani and the Angels. And I, I do believe, and I've heard this for a while now that the chances of him being moved are minimal. However, if we if we look at this realistically, the Angels are right around 500 right now. The AL West is very very good. They have a long way to go there, and they have the problem of playing in the American League where there are many good teams specifically in the AL East that you would need to jump in the wild card. What are the chances that they realize we need to get something for Shohei Ohtani? before he might walk away in free agency. Is there any chance? There's always a chance. And I would never put a zero chance on anything in this game. But at the same time, for all the reasons I just mentioned, they don't want to do that. And keep in mind, too, if you trade Otani, that's cutting the cord once and for all. And he's not coming back as a free agent. If you keep him to the end of the year and you mount a push and maybe even get in somehow, I'm with you, Ben. I don't see how they're getting in. But at least you have a chance and you can continue trying to court him. Do I think they're going to sign him? No, I don't think there's a chance they're going to sign him. Wow. But I don't know that Artie Moreno believes that. And nor far Artie Moreno, should I believe that? I'm going to be confident in myself to sell this guy on what might be happening with Anaheim. The problem is Otani's been there a while now. Yeah. He's seen what's happened with Anaheim, <laughs> and I can't imagine he's all that happy with it. So, yes, there's a chance, but I would say 
it's pretty minimal at this point. Last one for you before you go, Ken. Uh, more of an injury question for you. Edwin Diaz. Um, it is. It seemed in the WBC when that injury happened um, that he was going to be done for the season. Is that not necessarily the case? It's not. And I talked to him a few weeks ago, and he said he's still hopeful that he's recovering well. Let's see where this goes. Now, the minimal recovery time from this surgery is supposed to be about six months, and that's only for very special athletes. That would take him to mid-September. Now, he was in a hyperbaric chamber, 25 different two-hour sessions right after the surgery, trying to accelerate his recovery. He feels good, obviously, like anybody playing Major League Baseball. He's an elite athlete, so you never know. So you can't rule it out. And there is a chance he comes back. And it would be really cool to see him, man, come out of the bullpen at City Field again yeah. with the trumpets blaring in a big game. Assuming the Mets are in a big game in yeah. late September, I'm not sure that's a guarantee <laughs> right now. But, but yeah, there is a chance. I don't know how great it is, but he is pushing for it. Ken, I always appreciate your time, my friend. You're one of the busiest people in the entire planet. And uh, hopefully around the deadline <laughs> – Hopefully around the deadline, we can find a few minutes as we always do. So I really appreciate your time, my friend. Thanks, Ben. Good talking to you. All right. See you, buddy. All right. Just wanted to thank Ken again for his time. Honestly, one of the busiest guys in all of sports. So always a pleasure when he can hop on flipping bats for a few minutes. Um, first off, Shohei Otani and his statement there that, I mean, he ain't going to be on the Angels next year. That one certainly, you know, like, the feeling about it, I've had a feeling he's not going to be traded, and then there's always the thought, well, he could end up back on the Angels. I mean, Ken's statement there was pretty gung-ho about him not being on the Angels in the future, so that that was pretty alarming to hear as well. Uh, really good conversation, especially with the, with the teams that uh, I'm very interested to see what they do at the trade deadline. Some of the teams that are in an exciting position right now that – Maybe we didn't foresee them being here right now. What they're going to do, who's available. Shane Bieber being available is certainly very interesting. I always think, and, and he mentioned this with Shane Bieber and his numbers and all of that not being exactly the same from his Cy Young award-winning season. Sometimes a, a change of scenery for a pitcher can get them back to the pitcher that we've seen over the last few years. For me, I think of my brother when he was with the Detroit Tigers and that year he was traded to the Houston Astros. I mean, he was he was a, a good pitcher, but when he went to the Astros, he became one of, if not the best pitcher in baseball for that stretch and one of the best stretches for the Houston Astros of all time for a starting pitching standpoint. So a big name like Shane Bieber, seeing him move, I think he's currently a good pitcher with the ability to still be a great pitcher. So that's an interesting one for me. Uh, and, of course, some more names will, will come about on the offensive side, I think, will always be the case. Hearing him mention Brian Reynolds, though, with the with the Pirates, as they currently sit in first, or they're right there in first place in the NL Central, are they going to be sellers? I don't know. Ken, Ken knows more than I do about that. So that was an interesting name to hear him throw out. But, uh, again, thanks to Ken for joining me. Um, but I want to talk about first uh, – or. I want to talk about right now the top three teams that I think need to be trade deadline buyers. Now, important note here, I think, is I'm not talking the the Astros, the Yankees, the Dodgers of the world that they always become buyers at the trade deadline and they always get either a missing piece or 
a, just a, a cherry on top of their already very good team. I'm talking teams that need to buy and they need to do it this year. So top three teams that need to be buyers. First up for me at number three is the Arizona Diamondbacks. You all know, if you've been listening to this show this season, you all know how high I am on the D-backs. Coming into this year, my hot, hot take of the 2023 season is that the Arizona Diamondbacks make the playoffs. Well, here we are in early June, and they're in first place, tied for first place with the Los Angeles Dodgers in the NL West, and certainly looking good to make the playoffs. Now, it's still early. A lot can happen, but they're sitting pretty. They need, they need help. Of course they do. Um, who doesn't as you're coming down the stretch? But I would love to see the D-backs add some pitching. Starting pitching depth and a bullpen arm or two. That's a big ask, but the name of this list is teams that need to make moves at the deadline. The D-backs are one of them. I love this team. I love what they're doing this year. I love the, the young core, and I am the driver of the Corbin Carroll bandwagon. Add some pitching to this team. And then I truly believe the sky is the limit. They could be very good, but they have to be very aggressive at the trade deadline. Number two for me, the Baltimore Orioles, another team that I just talked to Ken Rosenthal about. What are, what are the Orioles doing? I think is a very fair question. I think you ask anybody out there right now that watches baseball and they would say the Orioles are a, a good team, very fun, and have the potential to make the playoffs and compete. Does the does the Orioles front office believe that? Are they willing to finally go all in? I thought the time was last offseason, um, but they didn't do it. The, the time is now for this Orioles team. You have all of these young guys coming up, making a difference. Adley Rutschman, Gunnar Henderson, I have to believe, is going to turn it around and ultimately end up having a good year. You're, all these guys are on the cusp of of greatness with this team. I've talked about them a lot this year. I truly believe this team in the Baltimore Orioles is on the cusp of being a juggernaut in the league for a long, long time to come. The blueprint is almost follows exactly what the Houston Astros have done over the last decade in terms of being bad for the exact same stretch of time, almost the worst team in the league, getting those number one draft picks, getting those draft picks to the big leagues. That's what we're starting to see with the Orioles. Then you have to add, and the time is now. If the Orioles can add a big bat or a big arm or both, this team is more than capable of being everything they want to be and need to be in the playoffs. They can certainly beat anybody. So I would love to see them buy as well. My number one team that needs to be buyers at the trade deadline is the Texas Rangers. This Rangers team is more than capable of winning a World Series. I do believe that. They have all the stars. They have the pitching. Now, it's dependent on a few things. It's dependent on Nate Eovaldi being the pitcher he has been all year. He's a top-of-the-rotation guy right now, one of the best pitchers in baseball. I also think if we want to talk Texas Rangers winning the World Series, Jacob deGrom needs to be a huge part of that, that playoff run the rest of the season, the World Series, of course. And as of right now, he's just been transferred to the 60-day IL. He has at least a couple more weeks still, a few more weeks left on the IL. He would need to be a big part of that. But offensively, they have the highest run differential in the league. They're one of the best teams, if not the best offense in baseball. Starting pitching, if they can have DeGrom, if they can have Eovaldi, they certainly have the rotation and the depth to compete in the playoffs. Relief pitching. Bullpen. 
it's a no-brainer. It hits you right in the face with this Rangers team. They have a ton of talent. They have a ton of superstars. They have a massive, massive problem in the bullpen. It just hits you right in the face. They need bullpen. Bullpen is available. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up with an Aroldis Chapman, if they end up with a Barlow from the Royals as well, who Ken Rosenthal mentioned, or another name out there that maybe we don't know is a name that's available yet on the bullpen market. But this Rangers team is more than capable of winning. They just cannot they cannot win right now in the playoffs with the current state of their bullpen. They can win in the regular season. They can get to the playoffs. But come playoff time, you can't have the bullpen the Rangers do right now and, and win. And I do believe they are going to add. They've proven over the last couple of years that they're willing to do anything to get back in it. And they've sped up their process of – they've sped up their rebuild process exponentially by spending over half of a billion dollars to bring in Simeon, Seeger, and then they add Jacob deGrom to that equation, totally revamp the pitching staff. Now it's time with the bullpen. The trade deadline is the time. The Rangers are the clear number one team that needs to be buyers at the trade deadline because their need means if they if they fill that void, we could be talking about a World Series team. I truly believe that. So Rangers number one, Orioles are number two for me, and the D-backs are number three. Thanks again to Ken Rosenthal for joining me. Always fun and a pleasure to have the legend himself on flipping bats thank you all for listening um i know we're we're just under a couple months away august 1st is the trade deadline but it's time to start having those conversations and who better to have those with than ken rosenthal so thank you all for listening make sure you subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcast apple spotify wherever we're also on all social media twitter instagram facebook tiktok and you can watch everything on youtube as well at flipping bats pod for all of them thank you all for listening to this wednesday episode of flipping bats until tomorrow my friends peace